Jackie Tan and welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. On the show, we chat with experts, athletes, coaches and authors to educate and inspire you. We explore the body's incredible ability to heal, adapt and evolve so you can crush limitations, reconnect your body and mind and discover your extraordinary potential. Today on the Bodies Built Better podcast, I chat with two-time Sandville Premiership player of Sturt Football Club, Mark Evans. Debuting as a 17-year-old in 2009 for the Nord Redlegs League side, he played 41 games and at the end of the 2014 season, moved over to the Sturt Football Club, where he racked up and continues to do so, 94 games, 168 goals, two premierships, and in 2018 was the league's highest goal scorer, winning him the Ken Farmer medal with 40 goals. Mark's work rate is second to none. When he's not racking up possessions and goals on the field, he's managing a team. Mark is a manager in KPMG Adelaide's management consulting practice. He manages a team of consultants that are primarily focused on helping client organizations achieve operational improvements. Now, in this interview, we talk about the highs and lows of footy, training, injury management, mindset, and juggling all of that with a full-time career. You should also know that this was recorded mid-May, so during the coronavirus pandemic lockdown. This was a time where SA or South Australia was just easing restrictions on sports and training numbers. But now, as I speak, this weekend, June 27th, round one of the Sample 2020 season will kick off with Sturt facing Central District at Adelaide Oval and they're allowing up to 500 spectators. This is super exciting for the state and I cannot wait to see kick off this weekend. But until then, you, my friends, can enjoy this very awesome chat and interview with Mark Evans. Mark, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Let's um, let's talk firstly about your background in footy and how far do you go back? When did you start? Uh, thanks for having me, Jackie. Um, so my my journey with footy started, I think, at the age of six. Um, one of my one of my primary school buddies was playing um, at Athelston Football Club, uh, the Raggies. Um, and I think there wasn't any sort of formal school footy at that point. So I uh, made the call to go and have a run around in the under eights, which, um, which was good fun. And, and that's kind of just really where it started. And, and I spent the next sort of 10 years playing my footy at the uh, Athelston Raggies. Um, it was sort of through that, through that process where I ended up um, getting involved uh, in the SANFL. Um, I sort of, I think it was sort of under 13s or 14s when I, um, ended up heading out to Norwood, um, and then through through that, I sort of spent the next know, five to ten years playing or progressing through the ranks at Norwood. Um, so I played in the under seventeens, or oh, sorry, started in the thirteens, 
14s, 15s in the junior programs, then up to the 17s when it gets a little bit more serious, um, and then under 18s, and that was kind of my um, my crack at the um, you know my draft year and and the state footy and those sorts of things. Um, and then, yeah, I played my first 30 or 40-odd league games at Norwood before um, making a call to, to move over to Sturt when I was 23 or 24. And I've been there since. So, yeah, still uh, still hanging in there in the, the league ranks and, um, yeah, just uh, just trying to get my body through. And um, no, I really enjoy uh, playing footy and um, it's something that I've always wanted to, to do for as long as I can. So, um, yeah, so uh, that's, that's kind of the, the short... Yeah, <laughs> my, my and, and growing up, was there anyone that you looked up to or would you say influenced your style of playing? Um, well, I was, a, I was a big Crows fan growing up. I, think I won't hold it against you? Yeah, well, <laughs> when I was, I think, five or six, they were um, the years where they'd won the back-to-back flag, so that really just got me. Um, super keen on the Crows and, and, you know, AFL footy. And I think sort of looking back, it was the guys like Andrew McLeod and, and Mark Rusciuto who I used to follow pretty closely. The guys, you know, who would run around through the midfield and get forward and kick a goal and that kind of, you know, that's how I like to play my footy when I was younger. And, um, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, I've always, you know, had a, a bit of a goal-kicking flair about my game and yeah. that's something whether I'm playing up forward or, or through the midfield, which I don't get to do too much, but, um, you know, occasionally get up on the wing. I still like to try and get forward and, and have an impact on the scoreboard. Do you mostly play in the forward? Yeah. Um, so I actually grew up playing as a midfielder, um, winger type, and it was probably when I was sort of 21 or 22 um, in my years at Norwood, we had a very, very strong midfield and, I was probably finding it a bit harder to, to find a spot through the, the mids. And the coach, my coach at the time, Nathan Bassett, sort of gave me an opportunity to, to play up forward. And, and he sort of, he saw my strengths, um, you know, in sort of one-on-one on, one on one, uh, marking contests and, and goal kicking and those sorts of things. So sort of played me as a bit of a medium forward, you know, one of those forward roles that gets high up the ground and, um, and sort of work back and, you know, you, you're... Um, uh, yeah, I guess your your work rate sort of gets you involved in the game rather than being a tall forward that can take big contested marks or a small forward that's nipping around, putting pressure on. It's kind of a, a mid middle ground, and that's where I've played most of my footy, uh, most of my senior footy. Um, so yeah, I've, uh, I think it was twenty two or twenty three when I sort of made that move, and sort of haven't haven't gone back. And do you feel like your position in the mid midfield helped you in the forward? In, in, in a way? Yeah, I think so. I think playing the wing role, you get to, yeah, I guess you learn the running patterns mm. that help you get back and help out the defenders, but also get forward and get involved in our attacking movement. So I guess as a high half forward, you play similar, um, I guess you run similar patterns, um, not yeah. quite as far up the ground as the winger would, but um, you, know, you work harder, much harder back towards goal. So um, yeah, as, a, as I said, as a medium-sized forward, you need to be able to, um, work hard both ways and, um, you know, not just be good in the air, but, you know, work hard and be clean on the lead and then, you know, get back and, and be part of our ball movement and finish the opportunities you get in front of goal. Yeah. And speaking of patterns and ball movement, obviously footy is as much a game of tactics as it is, you know, the physicality and, um, and skill. 
Do you think of footy or do you think about footy and the plays from a tactical perspective as well or do you get a job to do and you set about executing that and that's it? Well, I guess the way that uh, footy is at the moment, every player in the team has a role. So we'll have, for example, 18 players on the field. Every player on that field knows what their role is. Yeah. And every player's role, I guess, contributes to to how we want to play as a team. So we do a lot of work at training to um, to understand what those roles are and, and who, you know, which particular roles suit particular players and, and where you'll be playing. And then when we bring it all together, when we do those ball movement drills, we practice how we want to play. So when the ball comes in um, into our defence, how we want to actually take possession and then transition it from one end to the other, you know, how we want to win it or how we go about winning it from stoppages and then sort of how we enter it into our forward line and all those sorts mm-hmm. of things. So very, um, very tactical. Um, I guess as you grow up, it gets more and more structured and more tactical, um, you know, so <laughs> you grow up just playing yeah. on in- instinct, but as you, it only gets you so far. So you need to be able to understand what your role in the team is and, and how that looks on game day. So you've been a part of two premierships, which is the ultimate goal of every player and club. Mm-hmm. How do you go about after that first premiership? How did you go about backing that up? Because obviously you're now on every club's radar do you is it a matter of this is what we'll do differently this year or this worked really well so let's stick with this like how do you approach that next season yeah it's it's you know i think winning a premiership is as you said it's obviously everyone's um you know main reason and main driver for playing the game it's you know you you exist to to have that kind of success but i think uh, being a part of it, you know, obviously, you know, you do everything you can to win a premiership, but being a part of it and understanding just how good it is when it, when you do achieve that, um, that in itself is as much motivation as you need from the next year. Yeah. But I think as well, it's, it's almost that, you know, continuous improvement culture that you try and create in a high performing team. You don't just want to be the team that, you know, wins a premiership and then doesn't make the finals next year. You want to create that culture of success. Um, and yeah, we've been fortunate that, you know, whilst we, you know, we won the flag the following year, even the next year we still played finals. And then last year we still played finals. So we're still around the market and a lot does have to go your way to win a flag. Um, but, um, you know, if you have that culture of, you know, continuous improvement and always finding ways to, to improve and do things better then you're going to be a good chance to keep turning up come September in the final series. Yeah. So as well as being a Sandful player, you you have to have a full-time job, right? That's right. So so how do you manage that workload? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's not easy. It can get um, mm. pretty demanding at times. I mean, obviously the last couple of months we've had a bit of time off, so it's been a bit easier to fit everything in. But, um, yeah, it can be pretty demanding um, when you're working full time, you sort of get up first thing in the morning, and I guess for for me, I I try not to worry about footy at all until I get to training. Um, but you know, you work your you, you eight to five day, you go to training, um, and then you're there for a couple of hours, and you get home at eight o'clock. You know, you pretty much got twelve hour days, three mm-hmm. or four times a week. But um, yeah, it's you know, it's it's just such a good outlet from from what's going on at work and what's going on at home and you know you get to for me it's going from a really serious 
um, professional services environment to a team of, of, of you know mates who are you know obviously there to improve and, and have a good you know and get the most out of themselves but it's um, it's really grounding and you know people just talking about all sorts of nonsense and um, <laughs> it's all it's also one of those things that you know you, you've only got a limited time to to be able to do it um, with you know, with the the level of commitment that you d- is required. Um, I've always said that I'll do it for as long as I can. And, and if I ever felt that the balance was getting out of whack, then I would, you know, have to pull something back. But um, look, I, I think it's taught me a lot about, you know, effective time management, really getting the most out of your day at work. And then once you finished work, you're at training. So you're fully focused on training. Then once you finish training, you go home and try and relax and unwind and, yeah. and then prepare for the next day. But it does take a lot of, um, you know, good time management and, you know, supporting people around you to help where, you, where they can. Speaking of time management, how did you learn that? Because obviously, like, it's, it's easy to say and it, it sounds all well and good, but how do you manage time when there's so much to fit in a day and also mentally as well? Yeah, well, I think for me, it's, it's a lot about um, prioritisation and understanding what are the what are the couple of key things you want to get done in any given day? Um, and I always end my day by reflecting on what I've actually achieved that day and what do I actually want to start my day with tomorrow. So before I leave for football training, I'll have a look at my list for the day, tick off the things that I've done, and then rewrite my list for tomorrow. So um, I do start my days a bit earlier than um, than most of my colleagues would, and I think that's another good thing of um, – guess the work environment that we're moving towards things are getting more flexible so you can actually construct your day to be your most effective and and as I said I try and start my day with those one or two priorities that you know if something comes up and distracts me if I've done those couple of things then I've you know I've still achieved um, you know something for the day and it's about sort of working through that list throughout your day and um, obviously, there's always things that come up um, in a consulting environment. You have to be responsive to, I guess, to client client needs and things like that. But, um, you know, if you can prioritise your day and, and, you know, achieve a couple of those key activities um, or get some runs on the board early, that really helps to, to get through the rest of your day. Yeah. And so let's let's go back a bit and talk about your training. What are we talking in terms of, of load and how many times a week and uh, what do you dedicating to like is it a lot of strength training is it more skills based and and you're on the oval or what is what does that look like i think the best thing about footy is it 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 is so demanding in every aspect so in terms of our you know there there's clearly a pre-season phase and then there's an in-season phase so we had just come out of the pre-season phase where we'd be training as a group three times a week so that'd be Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, and that would be a mix of conditioning running, so probably a 30, 40-minute running block, um, you know, 30 or 40 minutes of skills, and then 30 minutes of competitive stuff. So that's the group component. Uh, on top of that, we would have two sort of weights slash strength sessions that we would have to complete in our own time. Yeah. So um, what we, we actually had have a subscription to a app called true coach, which has been pretty, um, pretty useful for guys to, to be able to understand what program they need to be doing and, um, and then completing that in their own time. So 
so three group sessions, two strength sessions, and then you know you've you've obviously got your own recovery and um, you know guys some guys do Pilates and and various other things to to get their bodies through. But um, that's the pre-season phase. It's relative. I mean, it's a similar kind of structure in season, but it's sort of built up. It all builds up to game day. So if we've got a game on a, a Saturday, for example, we will come in on a Monday night and do a bit of a. Oh, sorry, we'll start off with our Sunday recovery. We'll come in and do some ice baths and um, have a bit of a walk and a stretch. Monday night, we'll come in and do our game review. So probably half an hour of, you know, what worked well, what can we improve on this week? We'll do a bit of, you know, skills, skill work just to get the bodies moving, um, just to get a bit of blood flow through the bodies. And then, you know, there might be uh, an extra sort of recovery um, set. And then we'll come back on Wednesday night for our main session. So that'll be our main um, competitive football session for the week, probably around 90 minutes, um, mix of skills, but mainly competitive ball movement. You know, what kind of structures are we, are we looking at for this week? What are the opposition like to do? So um, it, it's a very structured um, match simulation in there as well. And then we'll come back on a Thursday night for a short, sharp skill session, half an hour, um, followed by a team meeting where we'd go come together um, and talk, you know, reinforce some of the messaging from the night before and any other sort of strategic um, stuff we want to bring into the game on the weekend. And then we turn up on Saturday and play. <laughs> and win. <laughs> yes. And so it's let's, to plan. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit more about recovery. How much of that is sort of, dictated by the club and how much of that is is on your own merit uh well i think recovery is probably one of those things that you know we do have we do have structured recovery sessions throughout the year so if we're playing on a saturday we'll come in on a sunday and do it if we're playing on a sunday it'll be part of our monday night but i guess in addition to that it's very much up to the individual and yeah. some guys like to do it and some guys feel the need and um, see a lot of value in doing extra stretching, um, ice baths, hot and cold stuff or, or massage. Um, and then some guys just, just roll through and don't, don't worry about it too much at all. And I guess it is one of those things that's up to the individual. But, um, yeah, I think, that, uh, I think that it's definitely beneficial to, to spend a good amount of time, particularly in season when you've got a lot of um, knocks. You're getting a lot of knocks and um, hits on a weekly basis just to just try and freshen, freshen up wherever you can. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of knocks, obviously, I mean, there's only so much you can simulate during the week. But what happens, you know, over the weekend when the weather is absolutely awful, it's pouring down, the, the ground is muddy and, and it's yeah. a really physical type of game you're, you're obviously going to well you'd think you'd, you'd pull up a whole lot more sore in that sort of game than than in any other so do you go about your recovery a bit differently after a game like that or is it just like this is what it is yeah i think i think it's probably you, you take you, you take your um your week on a, I guess you take it on a week by week basis and and you know when you do have one of those games where it's a, a bit of a slog and highly contested you're going to pull up pretty sore so you probably will be looking to spend a bit more time on your recovery over the next couple of days and I think as well the coaches you know will try and look at the the schedule upcoming so if it's a shorter week as well sometimes we play on a Sunday then on a Saturday there mm. might be more of a recovery focus 
um, if they can see that it's been a, a tough slog and a highly contested game, then they'll try and you know do some more forced recovery early in the week for the group. Yeah. Um, but I get yeah. I think it's one of those things for me personally. I'll listen to my body and and do what I feel or what I think's right on a week by week basis. And and as you get you know older and more experienced, you understand what what you need to do to to prepare your body on a weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about injuries. Mm-hmm. What has been your biggest setback? Biggest setback. I think the biggest setback I had was was probably when I was 18 or 19 when I was really trying to um, make it into the league ranks. I had a couple of really bad feet problems. I had um, some unfused growth plates in my right foot, which put me out for a long time. Um, and then sort of coming back to play, I fractured a bone in my left foot as well. So I probably had about a 12-month period where I just had no continuity, no fitness, no conditioning. Um, and it was a bit of a, you know, it was probably that time where I was really wanting to, to, to get the most out of myself and, you know, play some good league footy and put my name back into draft contention. So that was probably um, one that put me back a little bit. But the other one that's, you know, something that's an ongoing thing for me these days is, is some, um, some tendinopathy in my hamstrings, um, given that it's probably something that came about at the end of a, a pretty tough and gruelling pre-season, I think it was 2017. So this is after our first flag. And probably as I mentioned earlier, you know, you, you just go through that period of success. You've won a premiership, you've celebrated, and then you're going to the next pre-season. You go, right, how good was that? Let's do it all again. Mm. Probably pushed myself a little bit too hard and was not giving my body enough chance to recover from session to session. And it was really late in the pre-season. I felt a bit of a tenderness in my hamstrings and what I found out after resting it for a couple of weeks and then not getting any better was it was more of a tendon problem than an actual um, uh, strain or anything so and unfortunately it's something that I've had to learn to live with it's not something that's gone away overnight it's something that um, can flare up even to this day but I've you know as I said earlier I've got an understanding of what I need to do Mm. to stay on top of that and um you know, particularly in season, you're stressing it a lot. Um, but if I can stay on top of things with, you know, enough strength work and, and coming into to B3 to get some release work, that certainly helps. <laughs> uh, so those little things um, help me sort of get through on a, on a weekly basis. But um, given we've had a couple of months off now, I'm feeling pretty fresh. <laughs> you're ready. Let's do this. Yeah. Speaking back of uh, when you, you said you were 18 when you had the, the foot issues and whatnot. Yep. What was your mindset? Because obviously, you know, as a as a youngster who's fit and strong, and you want to be out there, and you can't be out there, what what sort of things do do you have to do, or what sort of support are you getting to stay psychologically and, and mentally in the game? And and yeah, mm, keep going. it was yeah, it was a pretty tough time because, as I said, I had really high expectations of myself. Mm. Um, was really wanting to make that a you know a good and successful period for myself and you know consolidate myself as a consistent player but yeah I wasn't able to play and um, it was also coincided with you know I had some time off study because I was you know going between school and uni so I was sort of really trying to devote my time and effort into footy and actually wasn't playing so it was it was tough but I managed to get into some coaching um, at my old school which sort of helped just create another little outlet for me and um and yeah that was probably the main one and and sort of finding other ways to 
to get involved around the club and um, you know was still able to do a bit of gym work and that sort of gave me a bit of presence and you know people could still see I was there and I could still see my friends and stuff but it was definitely a tough time but um, it also you know puts things into perspective when when your body is fit and you're healthy how much you appreciate being able to train and play mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and how much you know you want to look after your body and make sure that you you don't have little things coming up to put you out yeah that's it and um and when you do get injured like how how do you go about managing that and 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 do you make sure you still get to the club i mean obviously it depends on the extent of the injury but just being around the club and your mates and um yeah how do you go about that management yeah i guess for me like i've always i've always been in um the position that if i'm injured i'm going to do everything i can to get back Mm. so for me it's just talking to the physios and the, the club doctors and things like that as quickly as possible to get a plan in place and then, you know, doing what they think or what's what's required to, to help yeah. get get myself back on the park as quickly as possible because, yeah, as I said, I don't like missing games and, you know, you've only got a limited time to be playing at, at the level, so I do everything I can. And, um, and yeah, look, I think, you know, the, that sort of your commitment to, to rehab and... Um, you know, looking after your fitness and your body and rehabbing injuries and things like that is just as important as when you're actually training out there on the track. So, so um, yeah, it's a good thing when, you, when you're a part of the group, you see the guys who are injured working just as hard as the guys who are out there training. Yeah, so. brilliant. And obviously you guys work really hard in terms of a physical level. What about that mental level and, and uh capacity there are you doing anything in particular to to really harden the mindset so to speak uh at an individual or team level uh well let's go with the individual first yeah well i think for me and probably one thing i noticed my my footy actually got better when i got into full-time work i think it sort of it shifts your priorities a little bit you know i think i went from you know, even while at uni, you're still getting that, you know, mental challenge of uni. But I think it's, it's it seems like it's still lower in the priority order than, than what footy is. But where when you get into full-time work um, and you've got, you know, meaningful relationships developing in your life as well, sort of football takes a second or third priority. But it's also about, you know, trying to, you know, still trying to get the most out of all of those aspects. And I think that, um, yeah, I think the mental challenge of work and then um, getting to football and then focusing on football helps you actually stay in the moment yeah. and, and not worry about things that are out of your control. Um, so you might have a bad game or, or a bad training and then you sort of, you don't have time to dwell on it because you're, you're already, you're at work the next day, you're in a meeting or you're writing a report or you're doing whatever that might be. Um, so it keeps your mind busy and your mind occupied. And then when you get to football, it's time, then you switch on. And let's talk about mindset running onto the oval pregame, and you know it's going to be a tough one. What's mm-hmm. what's the mindset like there, and as an individual, but also as a team? Uh, so, as an individual, I mean, firstly, yeah, as an individual, you you should you know take confidence knowing that you know you're you're there to play a role in the team, and the coach and your teammates are backing you in to to play that role. Um, and that's why you're there. So you, you understand that you're there to, to play a role for the team for that day. 
And then as a team, you should always have confidence that if we execute the plan that we have in place and to play the way we want to play, that we're going to gonna win. Um, you know, and you obviously do those things during the week to prepare for that particular opponent. So from a week-to-week basis, we might have subtle tweaks to the game plan or, or things that we want to be mindful of. And we know that or we, t- you know, we go into any game knowing that if we execute those things well, then, then we should get the result. I'm going to throw this one in. What about half-time when the result isn't going your way? How does the mindset shift or does it? Well, it, it kind of depends if, you know, if, if we're down and we're, we know we're not playing well, then we under, you, know, you, you have those discussions. What do we need to do to get back in the game? If we're playing, we think we're playing well and we're, you know, we're nowhere near it, then, then it becomes a sort of a tougher discussion to have. But more often than not, it'll be a case of, you know, the coaches, you, you got to back in the coaches to, to see what's happening, mm. what's happening, what's unfolding out in the field, why are we, or what's causing the team um, to be you know, on top of us. And then what do we have to do to get back in the game? So yeah. you never want to, you never want to, you know, consider or take defeat. You want, and even if it is one of those cases where you're down by five, 10 goals at half time, you, you know, you want to take some respect out of the game and, and yeah. take some form into the next week. So you never want to, you know, drop the bundle. It's always about, you know, what can we do better? What, what, yeah. what, are, we, what are the other team doing that's causing them to, 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 to get away from us? Yeah, which is a perfect lesson in life as well. What, what can you do better? Continue. That's it. We'll, we'll keep talking about mindset because obviously this has been once in a century mm. kind of time with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, what's it like for you You've done a pre-season, you're feeling really good, and then you're told that season's off, you uh, you cannot play indefinitely. To be honest, it was pretty deflating. Um, we had just, you know, as you said, we'd done four or five months of pre-season. We'd just played our first trial game uh, against Centrals, so that was our first, you know, competitive hit out against an opponent, and that's, you know, that's that usually spells the end of pre-season and, you know, you're getting into the in-season program, which isn't much more enjoyable than pre-season. But, um, yeah, we turned up on the Monday night and got told that, you know, it's an indefinite suspension. So, yeah, the, I guess no one really knew what to do. No one sort of know, no, no one knew what was going on or when we'd be back. So it was, it was tough at the time. And, and I think as well over the, the weeks that followed, there still wasn't a whole lot of guidance coming out. So, you know, guys were just a bit unsure. Mm. but um, I think it's one of those things that, you know, is out of our control and, you know, it's try your best not to worry about it too much and just, you know, try and, and enjoy the time off from, you know, time away from the club doing some different things. Like I've enjoyed doing some different kinds of training and different kinds of running and, you know, some of my own gym work and you get a bit more flexibility because I guess there was no, uh, there was no expectation to keep training at the level we were. I think it was not, you know, not sustainable to be able to do that. The coaches pretty much trusted us to stay fit, stay stay healthy, and and be ready to go when required. And 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 I think you know we we do have um, ways of keeping track of everyone. So everyone uses Strava, um, yeah. so you can actually see who's who's running and who's not. But um, no, over the last couple of weeks, when we did have a date, a return to training date set. The, they did come out with with a bit of a program for the guys to prepare themselves um, for training and and look I think talking to the guys that you know, 
guys have enjoyed time doing different things, but everyone's pretty keen to get back into it. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that something like Strava has been a really great tool to keep everyone motivated? Because obviously, all all competitive. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know we've. I've seen guys, you know, we've got our own club on Strava as well. So, you know, guys are, are trying to outdo each other, running quicker times. And, you know, a few guys have been knocking out half marathons here and there. And, yeah, there's <laughs> been all sorts all sorts going on. But um, look, I think, as you said, we're all competitive. And, and guys, without without game day, you're looking for different ways to yeah. challenge yourself. And, and um, yeah, so that's been a really good you know, method of not only just staying active but you know seeing what everyone else is up to and you know guys are still being able to go for runs together going for kicks at the footy and those sorts of things which yeah. has been good so is there a, a set date for the sandfall we don't have a date just yet um the afl announced that they were back on the 11th of june i think so i would i would hope that we're around that you know so probably looking about a month's time yeah to give us a good little training block um, in preparation but yeah they haven't set a date yet but um, hopefully we hear very soon. Yeah, what look and so like. you're back training. Yeah, yeah, we're back on back on uh, the track tonight. So, given that there are still some restrictions in place, they've had to train change our training plan a little bit. So, we'll um, be rolling through in sort of 15 minute intervals um, okay. in groups of 10. So, the first group starts at 4:30, and and the last group starts at quarter to six. Uh, yeah. I've been stitched up with the last group because I'm a full-time worker. But anyway, <laughs> that's all good. All the uni students are rolling in at 4.30. Yeah. But, um, that's all right. We'll um, do what we need to do. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to a footy season, that's for sure. So, Mark, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. And, um, and good luck for season 2020 whenever that begins. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for having me on the show. And um, I look forward to getting back into B3 very yeah. soon. <laughs> awesome. It was so good chatting with Mark. As a big fan of the game, it's so great to get an insight to their training load and the mindset. And I just have such great respect for all our athletes out there who are putting their bodies through its paces and, and having to back that up and juggle a full-time career. And as Mark's remedial massage therapist and keeping him out on the park for the last five years, <laughs> he said that and I'll take it. <laughs> I know how diligent Mark is with his training and recovery especially um, and to keep up that balance is just incredible so uh, it was such an awesome chat and I really appreciated the time that he took out of his schedule to um, come and chat with me so good luck to Mark and the Sturt Football Club this week and and if you're getting to the game screenshot this podcast share it to your Insta stories and tag me so I can see that you're listening in and that you're at the game. It'll be like a virtual hangout. <laughs> I know I'll be watching the game, that's for sure. So thank you to everyone who has listened in today. And if you're still listening, extra, extra thank you to you. It's such an honor. And I would be forever grateful if you subscribe and share this with your friends because there is so much goodness that I want to keep sharing with you guys. So get in touch and let me know that you're enjoying this podcast because I'd love to know. 
Until next time, have a spectacular day, week, month, and year. And here is to a world of bodies built better. Bye.